This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Bunny Michael, and you're listening to Exo Higher Self Advice and Healing, the podcast where you ask me for advice and I help get you to the place within yourself where you already have the answer. The truth is we all have a deep wisdom inside of us that's not easy to access in a world of trauma, chaos, and bias conditioning. Connecting with your higher self is the process of peeling back those layers to recognize you've always been enough and you deserve so much more than you realize. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, how are you? Thank you so much for being here. Hope you're feeling good. It's a beautiful sunny day. A little cold where I am, but it's nice and sunny. It's funny, sometimes the littlest thing will remind you that life is good. (laughs) You know, it's like we can get so focused on the one thing that went wrong or something that's not happening the way we wanted it to and and think everything is falling apart. Everything's bad and just creates this shadow. And then you, you notice something like, oh, the sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. And you realize, gosh, there's so much more to life than my problems, <laughs> than my career, than this argument I had. Like there's so much more to life. There's so much more to enjoy. There's so much more to nurture me than this one thing that I wanted to happen that I thought would solve my problems or I thought would make me feel good enough and it's not happening. Everywhere all around you are examples of just how beautiful and amazing of a creature you are living in this time, in this world. And with that, let's get to the question. Hi, Bunny. I'm a 19-year-old woman who started going to therapy a few months ago for PTSD symptoms as well as codependency issues. My therapist was a 26-year-old man. At the beginning, I didn't really know what to think of him because he had said something in the first session that pissed me off. When I brought it up later, he didn't really know where the comment came from and said he had really felt a click between us, so he had high hopes for the therapy. A few sessions went well until I started noticing. There was this weird tension in the room and I also noticed he recognized my weird niche interests and I suddenly realized I had developed feelings for him. However, I felt really ashamed of this and was also scared this was only a result of my codependency issues. More sessions went by and I noticed this to become a problem. I hoped he would bring it up eventually, but he didn't. 
At a certain point, I told him I felt an interest towards him and it frustrated me. The first thing he told me was that he'd felt the same way. I was basically in shock by what he'd said. And meanwhile, he continued to say stuff along the lines of maybe I should go talk to someone and I don't have this with other clients. He asked me if I wanted to talk with our supervisor about this, but honestly, I was just confused by what he told me. After that, I decided to reach out to the supervisor and told her what happened. Fast forward more than a month later, a lot of stuff had gone wrong also in between. I had a talk with him and a new supervisor. The other one kind of quit out of fear. Who knows? Basically, he didn't see why the conversation had been so scary and harmful towards me. And he didn't really remember everything exactly. Ugh, he was constantly changing the story. And when I made a good argument about what he'd said, he didn't know what to say. He told me that he meant something else during this conversation, but what exactly constantly changed? Funny, since he told me I should be clear about what I felt now, but he couldn't do the same. Basically, I felt really hurt since he painted me off to be some crazy client and he really put all his frustrations onto me. He also said stuff along the lines of that he'd felt like he'd had to walk on eggshells around me and other weird stuff. Now, my question really is, how do you cope with this kind of break in trust from someone you trusted so dearly? And how do you manage with the emptiness you feel when you thought someone who cared about you doesn't show you empathy, really? Oh, babe, geez, I am so sorry this happened to you. When I first read this letter, my jaw dropped so many times. First, I want to commend you for telling your therapist in the first place about your feelings. The first feeling that he said something that really pissed you off, it was so great that you were able to tell him that. And then the second time when you said that you had interest in him, because in these moments, you're just trying to be responsible for yourself. And you knew that if these sessions were going to go on, that this stuff had to be addressed. I mean, it was incredibly brave of you. Really, really incredibly brave. And it pisses me off beyond that your therapist failed to show the same kind of integrity and emotional maturity that you showed. Because what should have happened wasn't to put the therapist feelings into it, not for him to respond with his feelings, but to help you explore what your feelings of attraction toward him might really be about. The dynamic in a therapist-client relationship isn't a real-world dynamic because the therapist is playing a role, the role of healer, helper, guide, support. It's very common for people to have romantic feelings towards their therapist because often they are the first or only person in their life they get vulnerable and honest with. All of the therapist's attention is focused on you. They are validating your feelings in a way that no one ever has before. Their own personal lives are not part of the equation. So what people are actually more attracted to isn't the therapist 
themselves, but the role that they're fulfilling in their life at that time, the way that they perceive the therapist making them feel. There is also the possibility that romantic feelings towards a therapist can be an unconscious form of sabotaging your own healing work because it might be easier to think about them rather than your own issues. Additionally, there is the very common phenomenon of transference. Transference is when people direct feelings or desires about one person onto a totally different person. Like when a boss reminds you of your mom and so you start to feel like you have a motherly bond or you know you start to get triggered by them like they're your mom. Transference is extremely common in therapy. It's something that therapists and psychologists are warned about. So your intuition, your wisdom that this might be a product of codependency was a very, very good insight, something that your therapist should have picked up on or at least provided a space for both of you to explore. But instead, he made it completely confusing and ab about him. What also stuck out to me was that you told him you were frustrated about those feelings and he still responded with his feelings. In my opinion, what he did was exactly the opposite of what you brought it up for. You were trying to get help and I believe his ego took over. Your healing should have been the priority. And I am so sorry that it wasn't. And ironically, this is a prime example of how when you think you're attracted to a therapist, it's an attraction to the role they're playing, not the actual person and who he is outside of that role or the role he is supposed to be playing professionally became apparent by the way he handled this. And I think it's safe to assume that your attraction faded when more of his personality surfaced into the space. I just have to say, I'm so freaking proud of you for bringing it up and then reaching out to the supervisor, having that meeting with both of them, trying to get this thing sort, sorted, having to talk about it again and again, defend your position, call him out on stuff. I mean, you are really amazing. You did everything right. And as much as this situation sucks and shouldn't have happened. It's also a testament of how much self-love you really have. And all you were trying to do was give yourself the self-care that you knew you deserved. Unfortunately, just because someone is a licensed therapist doesn't mean they don't have a lot of unhealed stuff or can't make some major mistakes. There are shitty therapists out there, just like there are shitty doctors. One time I started working with a therapist and I'd had a couple sessions with her. And on the third session, I was really late because I was basically having an anxiety attack. And I walked in crying to the session late, like tears streaming down my eyes. And I said, I was sorry I was late. And I started immediately opening up about what I was so upset about right now. I can't remember what it was. And she interrupts me mid-sentence to ask me if I could start coming in on a different day of the week because the time that I had been scheduled for was a prime time slot and she needed to give it to people 
who were really dedicated and really committed. And at first I was like, oh yeah, sure, I could switch, no problem. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm in the middle of talking about something really upsetting and she's interrupting me with some kind of guilt trip about me being late. Like if she needed me to switch times or even wanted to talk to me about commitment, it was a totally inappropriate moment. It could have totally been talked about at the end of the session or not when I was in the middle of, of, of crying about something that had happened. So basically I told her that I was like, this is not appropriate. And I started bawling, crying. And then I kind of just ran out of the room and I never went back to her. And the next day I wrote a letter to her supervisor, you know, saying what happened, saying that I deserved better. And I know this isn't necessarily as bad or the same as your situation, but I understand how it can feel so awful to be thinking you're in this sort of safe space, this space where you're taken care of by a professional and feeling betrayed by that person. And the reason why so much care, why there's so much, uh, why therapists need to be licensed in those situations, why there's so many rules and boundaries created in those spaces is to avoid exactly this type of thing happening. Because this isn't a regular relationship. It's not. And it takes a lot of strength and vulnerability for somebody to open up. And that's why it's so important for therapists and counselors and stuff to be professional because they are handling really, really intense things for people. So yes, we can be hurt by people that we shouldn't be hurt by. And it does suck, but it doesn't mean there aren't amazing therapists out there. And I'm personally very happy that you're not seeing this therapist anymore. And I hope that this doesn't discourage you from seeking someone else, maybe a female this time to switch it up. And I think telling your new therapist right away about what happened with the last one will be really helpful. It'll help you process the situation even further and kind of get that perspective, that professional's perspective that you that you need, or even bringing it up in the intake session. You know, sometimes you have a, a an initial talk with therapists you might start seeing and kind of get a sense of who they are. And bringing this up might be good to just kind of see if there's somebody who, who you do feel comfortable, who feels validating in that way. I remember when I started seeing another therapist after that happened, that was something that I brought up right away because I was like, was that wild? I mean, was that right? You know, and I and it was helpful for me to hear from another therapist. Like, no, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have done that. Um, so, my heart is really going out to you, but I'm also just so inspired by you. I mean, you're 19 years old. You are doing so well, so well, and. Navigating PTSD is hard. Navigating issues, our wounds is hard, but we're all doing this work together. You're not alone. There are so many amazing people out there 
who get into healing and therapy and stuff because they just want to help. They just want to help. So try not to take this one experience and let it color all of your opinions or assumptions about other people. There's so much love in the world. There's so much beauty in the world. You did not bring this situation upon yourself. You are not responsible for it. You can get through it. And I know your future is bright, bright, bright. All right, sending you so much love. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the most important things I think when we are choosing therapists or deciding on certain healing things is to remember you are the priority. And if you don't feel comfortable, if something isn't working for you, speak up. Don't feel like you have to compromise any ideas of safety or your intuition, a gut feeling saying, hmm, this isn't right. Because unfortunately, there are people out there who are misguided or perhaps looking for their own power trip. I mean, this kind of stuff happens in the healing and wellness world. Unfortunately, it does. And part of being on the path of our higher self, again, is to know that we are worthy of Love, care, nurturing, safety, validation. And what therapists do, what healers do, they don't actually heal you. They don't actually fix you. What they do is provide a space where you can come to those realizations of yourself. So it's not the therapist that is responsible for the ways in which you've grown. You are responsible. You take ownership for that. It's because of what you were able to do. So what we look for is spaces where we feel safe, free, inspired to be authentically ourselves and to keep healing ourselves. And I hope that in some way, this podcast inspires you to stay on this path, to keep it sustainable. And that is really important. But I think the most important thing, and this is what I really want to emphasize in the work that we do here, isn't about us getting to some place in the future where we're fixed or where we don't have wounds or triggers. It's about knowing that right here, right now is enough. We are enough. We are whole and we always have been. And our higher self is the awareness of our wholeness. 
So I know I refer a lot to our higher self like it's some separate entity, but the reason why I do that is is to point out the difference. In actuality, we are our higher selves. It's just that sometimes we're not always aware of that, right? We're not always aware of our own value. All right, everyone. Blessings to our continued awakening and healing path. I love you and so does your higher self. See you next time. Bye.